0: And we are two romance authors going episode by episode through the Australian rural drama MacLeod's Daughters. And we are up to episode nine, which is called Into the Woods. And it came out on the 17th of October, 2001. Now, the little synopsis here on IMDb says... Feral pigs have attacked Roy, which is the girl's kelpie cattle dog, as well as sheep and cattle. So Claire, Becky, and the Rhines go hunting. Meg feels awkward about having Terry over now that Jody knows about him. So Rachel, what did you think about Into the Woods?
1: This episode was very hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For all the wrong reasons.
1: <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. I would say and of course this is early on in the show, and Jessica and I have talked about they feel how they still feel like they're finding their groove and they're starting to land on it here. But I would say in future, if you're going to shoot guns on the show, please get someone who knows how to shoot guns as your advisor. So it was just just, hilarious.
0: Just don't display such heinously bad, like use of gun like they're all someone's gonna get shot someone's gonna get shot if they someone is gonna yourself, get shot someone's gonna die it's terrible don't do these things that aside i actually really did enjoy this episode it was a good episode um but the gun stuff i was just like don't don't go out there so you're hunting there's two other ute loads of people hunting pigs plus a pig hunter and tess is just wandering around in the woods someone's catching a bullet i can't believe that nobody died but
1: yes anyway, i can't believe that not
0: don't try this at home, folks. Don't, Don't try, try this, this at home. home.
1: <laughs> and, of course, in this episode early on, we see that yet another animal dies. <laughs> A chicken I, for dinner.
0: I, I, <laughs> call me Cruella de Vil if you like, but I'm enjoying how realistic at least the yes. depiction of farm life and death really is. They have not they have not, um, sugar-coated the realities of farm life at
1: all. No. <laughs> well, they have it and of course it's true, and then Tess is me in this. Oh, my God, <laughs> they killed a chicken, and Claire's like, I'm Jessica, <laughs> where did you think it came from? Yeah. Like, from the chicken store? So, yeah. I know it's very realistic. I just like to live in my little bubble that chicken comes from the store. Mm-hmm, mm
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was a bit old-fashioned that Meg is actually like, Killing a chicken with an axe. I don't know. My dad, when he was a kid, they killed their own chickens. And that was weird then. Like, even farmers usually get them from the shop. Nobody really plucks and guts their own chooks. My brother did it to a turkey once just for fun one Christmas. But it's not common (laughs) Most Australian farmers.
1: Yeah. What are you doing for fun? Killing and plucking a turkey? (laughs) Plucking this turkey. Tastes pretty good, though. Well, my uh, brother-in-law is a hunter. And he takes his girls hunting, my nieces. And... When my niece was 12, the oldest niece, she shot her first turkey. So I'm sure <laughs> they plucked it and prepared it and ate it. So,
0: Yum, yum, yum. So uh, when we kick off this episode, the recap is all about... The young friend of Becky's, so in the in the episode back when she got raped, um, she had this young guy who had been sort of a bit of a, he was trying to be a friend to her, but she kept pushing him away. This is kind of when she was in, apart from what happened to her, she was in a bit of a self-destructive spiral, and um, and he was really sticking up for her and seemed to really believe in her, and she was kind of pushing him away a bit at the time. So I was excited to see him in the recap, because I was like, yay, Brick's going to come back. I wonder, yeah. what's this going to happen?
1: We like Brick. I like Brick. He's a good guy. I like Brick. Yeah. And he likes her, you know? Yeah.
0: He, and he's he, really sweet about it.
1: He wants the best for her. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. And he's very, like, unselfish. She always thinks that he's making fun of her because everybody does make fun of her. No one really takes her seriously. And she sees herself as, um, you know, sort of not really worth very much. And he sees her as, like, really valuable. And it's so cute. So, like, yay. Looking forward to talking about that some more.
1: Yeah. That was me too.
0: Mm-hmm. So Tess is riding her horse home, and uh, she observes Meg taking the axe to a chicken. And uh, and she decides at dinner that night that she can't eat an animal that she has seen alive, which I laughed at because we used to raise pigs, and we ate them very happily. The first four were named ham, pork, roast, and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> and but roy the dog is attacked by something while they are eating dinner and everybody runs out and uh roy is uh it's a bit of an aussie thing too he is a kelpie which is a breed that america doesn't seem to have seems to be an australian thing they are widely used as cattle and sheep dogs in australia and he's so cute he looks like the cattle dogs that we had when i was a kid Um, And he's been attacked by this pig, and the tusk has, like, he's got, like, a really big, like, quite a serious deep wound across his gut, and Meg actually discusses shooting him, but Claire refuses, and they, they patch him up and try to save him. And our next shot is he's he's got a – he has, like, a cone around his head to stop him, like, licking his stitches because Meg has stitched him up. But I was laughing because I realized that it's not a vet cone. It's a bucket that they've cut the bottom out of. Yeah,
1: that was really disturbing to me because I was like, are you telling me – and they kind of, like, tied his head into it. And I'm like, what? Come on. The
0: thing is, my friend actually did that. <laughs> she cut the bottom out of a bucket, and that's what she did when her dog got fixed. So I was like, "Ah, oh, that's what Shelby did." Um, but Claire's very sweet with him. I like seeing this side of her. He's yeah, he's not she loves this dog. Milk. She like dunks her fingers in the milk and lets him lick it. And she's very sweet with him. Well, and uh, mm.
1: we also need to to add in here that Tess is real quick to want to go get the gun and put the dog down. <laughs> And, oh, Meg was yeah. Oh Meg was that's right and so Claire's like um we've put a lot of work into this dog I love this dog we're not going to put it down but that mm-hmm. was kind of like the first go-to back to the guns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I thought that was kind of weird for Meg she was very quick to jump to that conclusion and um well and Claire like tried to pass it off as she's put too much training into him to put him down, which is true. Kelpie's like a good trained Kelpie is valuable. It's worth a lot of money. But yes. um, I was like, Oh, but she loves him.
1: <laughs> she did love him.
0: Um, and so then after she's very sweet with the dog, she then goes back into tough Claire mode. She's getting her guns out. She's going to go after the old boar, which they're blaming for this attack. Even though no one's seen it, they're just assuming it was this big old boar that's been seen around and they call it Hannibal. And uh, so she's taking Becky. She's going to go hunt Hannibal the wild pig. And Tess is worried about Madonna the cow, which I just love that the cow is called Madonna. And I was laughing so much. I, I meant to confirm with Dad, but I didn't get a chance before he did this. But I am like 99.99% sure that a wild pig is not going to go for a milk cow that's like locked in their house yard. That's just...
1: Yeah, I don't think, <laughs> what think so. I so
0: interested in... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I don't think
0: so. So back when I had these, when my brother had these four pigs, one day one of the cows got out. And the pigs also got out. The little munchies used to escape all the time. And we walked out the house and this cow is standing there. And the pigs were big by this point. We waited too long to kill those suckers. These four big pigs are each sucking a teat of the cow and are just like going to town no! Drinking this cow's milk. And it was so funny. <laughs> wow. So that is the biggest threat that I think this boar really poses to Madonna the milk cow. I d I don't think it's just gonna spiteful murder her um, it has no reason to but anyway it was cute because Tess goes out and she talks to the cow and she calls it my sweet and it's so cute and that's when she runs into Vladimir the pig hunter uh, who's
1: naked. <laughs> yes and it startles her terribly <laughs>
0: yeah so he's in um what i assume in the workers quarters she just hears this foreign voice singing she goes in she's like who the heck are you they have a bit of a she tells him to leave he's like no i won't leave turns out she doesn't know it but when she gets meg it turns out it's vladimir the pig hunter who claire has called he was uh, the only pig hunter that jack mcleod ever trusted and he's come out to uh to hunt hannibal i thought his whole storyline was a bit weird but anyway
1: Yeah, we never see Claire call him, so we're kind of like, how did he get here? Did he just, like, hear it on the wind that (laughs) there was a boar about and he needed to go see Claire? It was a little bit odd in that sense.
0: We saw the gum leaf and he came. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Claire's out tracking the pig. I don't know enough about it. I could ask my brother, I don't know if you track them like that. I guess you could.
1: Yeah, you can hunt them. You can hunt them and track them, yeah. We do here, right, in the United States. Yeah,
0: I guess so. I guess I've never been pig hunting with my brother. I'm wondering if he, I I don't know that his technique is so much track and hunt. It's more just go out with the spotlight. And when you see two eyes looking back at you, shoot them. Which is
1: exactly what we see in the show that I thought was so humorous, but we'll keep going on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So as, as Claire's tracking the pig, something pops her in the corner and she goes to shoot it. And it's Alex who does the same to her. And then I was like, you're both idiots. You don't, Aim at something unless you know what it is. Like it's not like they're hunting a terrorist here, and they're waiting for a person to pop out with a gun. They're hunting a pig. There's no reason for something to startle her and her to just snap the rifle up like her life is in instant danger.
1: Right, Alex's it's like,
0: life is in instant danger because she did that.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. So they're coming at each other from behind these little hills or something, and uh, yeah. They're ready to shoot. So we were <laughs> laughing at this. Actually, Alex jumps out first and aims at her. i mm-hmm. like, don't you want to peek up over the edge of the hill and see if it's a pig? Like yeah. a pig isn't going to shoot it? you. <laughs> right. Like if it's a person, you come up with your gun raised. but it's a pig. Yeah, it's a pig. <laughs> right. Yes. We also Everything see Brick in this. Oh, go ahead. Yes, but Brick is with
0: them. And so I was like, yay. And Alex immediately proposes that they swap partners. And so Becky and Brick go off together and Claire is with Alex and Nick. And and Alex moves at her, which was funny but made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, ooh, Alex, I wasn't sure if this was a move to get in Claire's company or if he had his suspicions about Brick and Becky and was doing a solid for his boy Brick.
1: I'm not really sure what, what that was about because we don't have Tess on the scene. So I yeah. was just trying to show that Claire is good with both guys. I mean, as far as friends, I mean, they grew up together or yeah, it was just kind of unusual, Yeah. but hmm. off we go. Yeah. Meanwhile,
0: back at the house, um, Tess and Meg are talking about Roy, and Meg reveals that he was Jack's Christmas present for Claire, I think the Christmas before he died, so that gives a little more insight as to why she's so attached to this dog. Uh, and they talk about, you know, the pole pig hunting thing. Tess has sort of gone a bit anti-killing animals. Meg defends it uh, and says they're having chicken stew for dinner. And yep. they're kind of laughing about the fact that, you know, Tess may end up being the only vegetarian cattle farmer in Australia. Um, which, yeah, I was kind of like, does, does Tess realize what they do for a living? Like, they are beef and sheep farmers. They sell cows for meat. <laughs> Is that in her mind at this point i guess it is different seeing it as to just selling them for it and not actually seeing it happen but yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's interesting that's how i would be they just get in the in the truck or the trailer and they just go off somewhere and i never uh, see them again uh, and
0: i don't see it <laughs> and then i get a roast delivered to my
1: house yes,
0: yes. um meanwhile jody has a bit of talk about to well first to Meg Uh, she notices her mum is a little tense and then she talks to Tess about mum's boyfriends so like she's noticed that Meg isn't having Terry around anymore since Jodie found out about their relationship and she knows that you know Tess was raised by once, once Jack and Ruth split up Tess was raised by her single mother Ruth and who had boyfriends and so they have a bit of a chat about it and I wasn't quite sure how great all of Tess's advice was she made it sound like people who are not having sex will become physically ill <laughs> I was like
1: oh, oh yeah, yeah you seem to and really overemphasize that point yeah. there.
0: yeah <laughs> like obviously um Meg is missing it but <laughs> I don't know Tess's the way Tess said it you will yeah it just sounded weird
1: yeah it was a little weird and totally not accurate so
0: yeah, yeah. It, di- it didn't seem medically sound to me.
1: <laughs> Not medically, um, psychologically, spiritually, as outlaw <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, she makes the point that she uh, let her mother she, do whatever she wanted to do, and she would just go and stay at friends' places. So this is the strategy that Jody decides to also adopt. Uh, meanwhile, back over at... The boys and Claire, who are still hunting this pig, it's now nighttime, and Alex and Nick are fighting as usual. Alex is such a pain. Alex has missed the shot, and Nick is driving, and Alex is blaming his bad driving for his bad shooting.
1: Okay. And uh, Let's just talk about this scene. We have to pause <laughs> to talk about this yeah. scene. So they're in, what do you call it? I would call it a Jeep. Is it a, is it a Ute, right? Uh, I'm trying to
0: think. Think if it's it a, was we do have jeeps. I think jeep. this might have been more of a jeep because the there was like no back window. Alex at one point like reached through the back and was like massaging Claire's shoulders or something when she drove and saying, "Oh, I'm just like old time. Yeah, so, I so thought, oh, maybe it's more of like a jeep
1: kind it of. It is because they're standing up in the back, so yeah, if, or Which even we can like do a in utes. Yeah, and there's open the open top over the driver, so mm, it's yeah, maybe yeah, it's, it's a ute without a the. Thing a ute without the covering so whatever they're in they're standing up so someone is shining a big light and you see the boar running Mm -hmm. I'm telling you at least a hundred yards away and Alex raises his gun and shoots into the night at a running boar and I'm like no (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny I yeah it was ridiculous I have to say
0: (laughs) Uh, um, and they all decide to swap drivers. They decide to um, the boys sort of challenge each other. Nick's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll have a go," and he also misses. Alex gives him a hard time about it, but Nick makes a good point that at least when Nick misses, he doesn't blame the driver for it. Right. Um, meanwhile, Claire is driving, and then over with Becky and Brick, they are. Uh, which I was like, "There's two Utes of people out here." Hunting these boars. What's the chances one of them are going to hit the other one?
1: Like, very high. A long way. Very, <laughs> <Yeah>. high. <laughs> very high. I would not <laughs> want to cross their path. I would end up shot.
0: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't seem good. Um, back in the house, uh, Meg and the dog Roy and Jodie. Jodie tries telling her mother that Terry can come over, and Meg straight away recognizes some of Tess's phrasing and know, knows that Jody has talked to Meg. Uh, Jody has talked to Tess about this. Yes, um, and Jody makes this like weirdly backhanded, but I don't think she meant it to be comment that she thinks it's amazing her mum found someone, <laughs> and it really knocked Meg down a peg or two.
1: Like, I'm surprised fun. you found someone, Mom. When earlier it was like that's the best you can do, Mom. Yeah, yeah. So glad she you found someone. Outside. Yeah, I think what she meant
0: was, like, she was glad that her mum, you know, had somebody. She was happy for her mum, but that's not what came out of her
1: mouth. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, a
0: bit weird. Um, so everybody decides to camp out to hunt this pig because they've had no luck. I didn't really understand the logic here. It was the logic that they would camp near, like, a water source or somewhere they thought the pig would come and they would keep watch so they could... See it come and shoot it, or was it that they're like, Oh, we're so far away from the house that we would rather camp out here and keep hunting tomorrow because it's too far to go back to the house? Because later on, Tess literally walks out to where they are, so they are not like they're not that far, yeah, yeah, they have vehicles. That you could walk from – I bet you you could walk from one end of their farm to the other in not that long. We're not talking. This is not a station that's a million acres or anything like that. This is a, a normal-sized farm. So I didn't really get what they were doing with that. But anyway, it gave us – I was still excited that it happened because I was like, now Claire has to camp out with Alex and Nick, fun, fun, and so do Becky and Brick. And this is going to get interesting, which it does.
1: Very interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what did you think about Claire and the boys and their little camp out conversation there?
1: Pretty typical, kind of friendly, kind of, you could see that the boys are always kind of jousting for position, like who is the better one and is it who's going to win Claire's heart? And of course she always kind of, to me, is postured as I'm one of the boys. So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure she She
0: really sees herself that
1: way. She really sees herself as that way. But after episode eight, we're kind of wondering <laughs> that she does have a feminine side. So mm. she's going to go for mm-hmm. one of these guys. But right now it's just the boys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. out at the campfire.
0: Mm -hmm. And she's literally in between them. So the boys are each on one side of the campfire and she's making like the bottom of the U in her sleeping bag between them. But her head is at Nick's end and she's kind of leaning in Nick's direction talking and Alex is a little quiet for him observing this and doesn't seem wholly pleased at how chummy her and Nick seem to be at this
1: point. No, no. So Mm -hmm. I don't think the writers know who they're going for because we see... We see okay, they're, they're really Claire, funny, so. and Nick, Claire and Nick flirting, Claire and Alex flirting. So which is it?
0: Everybody's flirting. <laughs> um, and Jodie is now helping Meg get ready for her big date with Terry. Um, and <laughs> she, like, puts on her lipstick and stuff, gives her a different lipstick, says, like, good night. Like, she's all excited. And I was like ugh, this is still your mum. That's still gross. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm with you. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't think so.
0: And then Meg wiped off Jody's lipstick and put her own on. So I thought that was sweet that she, like, made Jody feel good that she was helping, but then was like, no, that's not me. <laughs> um, and so Jody goes over to Becky's place. Becky's not there, but she cranks up the music and has a little dance party while Becky is out with Brick who he thinks that they should have gone back to the house. He's worried about Becky getting cold. And she's like, I've got a tent. I'm fine. She's got like a big thermos, a tent, a sleeping bag. She's like, you hop in the tent. It's nice and warm. And he doesn't want to hop in the tent.
1: Yes, he was so sweet. And I'm watching this thinking, you're such a good guy. And she says to him, don't you trust me? And he says the perfect answer. I don't trust myself. And I was like, yes, Brick, you're such a good guy. That was the perfect answer. That's what I would have written if I were the writer on this show.
0: (laughs) Yes. It was so cute. And I was so glad that Becky said it too because I thought they were going to let it all go into subtext and they'd never get it out because Becky does assume. She knows how everyone sees her and she kind of sees herself that way. And she jumps straight to he thinks the worst of me or he doesn't think much of me, that kind of thing. And, um, but it's not that. And Brick never, he has like never judged anything that Becky has done. He doesn't look at her like that at all. He, yeah, he's, he's just accepting of her and he really likes her and he wants to respect her. And so, yeah, that was really nice. And he's always so shocked when she says that. He's like, no, that's not what I thought at all. And it's so cute because he obviously really likes her. Um, so it was like, it was kind of it seemed to be the first time she really realised that Brick liked her and was interested. I think she was somewhat frustrated that he wasn't coming on to her like the other guys. Yes. And but then it kind of clicked that someone could be interested in her but not want to immediately sleep with her.
1: Yeah, I think she sees that he is a good guy, and I, and she's never really had a good guy before, so this is good <laughs> for her.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was very cute. Um. So Tess takes some stew to the dog, and he's gone. And so she goes and grabs the rifle.
1: <laughs> and at she is going to defend I in, him.
0: I wrote in all caps, do not touch a gun if no one has showed you how to use it. start <laughs> starters, Australia has gun licenses. Oh, You're not meant yes. to touch a gun unless you have a gun license. But especially don't touch a gun if you've never touched one before at all. Like This is just absolutely nuts. On all levels.
1: And is she going to shoot the dog or is she going to shoot – think she's going to shoot the boar? She's going to
0: shoot the boar. Yeah, she's going to shoot the boar. And also don't go and hunt a boar at night alone when there's three other lots of people out looking for it hunting and just (laughs) all of that was just dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my Um, husband and I were – he was watching with me and we're talking to the TV the entire time. I can't even remember everything we said. but she has the gun on her shoulder. Like she's carrying her backpack to school (laughs) and she's like totally do in the dark. And then she thinks she hears something and she never removes the gun from her shoulder. So there's the bushes are moving around and she's just standing there like, who's there? Who's there? And she's got the gun still on her shoulder, not like raised on her shoulder, but hanging from her shoulder. So of course it's going to be our guest. I forget his name. Vladimir. Vladimir, that's right. But it's just really funny.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, And meanwhile, Meg and Terry are having a little party. I loved this. It was so funny. Like, Terry is obviously pretty happy to be invited back to Meg's. (coughs) But before anything really happens... They're going to have a dance party. They're going to have some dinner. They're like got a conga line going on.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're making maracas? the best of it. Yeah, they're making the most <laughs> of it.
0: They are, just, they are just really having a good old time and it really cracked me up. <laughs>
1: um, I thought it was sweet.
0: Yeah, it was it was super sweet. And they got like candles and flowers everywhere and they're all dressed up. Oh, it was funny. Um so Tess gets lost, not surprisingly. Here's some gunshots, also not surprising. So she hits the deck and uh comes across Vladimir and he's hurt, so the boar has actually gotten him with its tusk. And he's still pretty rude. He's like, Go home She's like, I'm lost He's like, Head east, you'll find it um, he also, is, when she's like, what happened to your leg? He's like, I cut myself shaving. It's like yeah. this massive gouge out of his thigh.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Uh,
0: Vladimir also has a very thick, like, Eastern European accent. I'm not sure where exactly it's from. Um, but he always uses Australian phrases. Like, at one point he says, stone the crows and... Um, oh he said another one it was, it was like so funny You listening to him use all these Australian phrases but he has like a very not Australian accent um, and uh, but we haven't gotten to there yet so meanwhile Claire and the boys are telling uh, stories and Claire and Nick are still looking very chummy Nick offers her a blanket but she's already asleep and uh, Alex's face was just not impressed
1: yeah, he's looking very um, kind of not happy at this point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the two of them are being chummy and talking and he looks a little disgusted and, mm-hmm. and Nick's telling her, get some sleep, Claire. Mm-hmm. And being very, <laughs> so sweet. yes, and she curls up in her pillow and in her sleeping bag and Alex is like, oh, brother. So <laughs>
0: Uh, we see a bit more with Jodie and her music, and she has chocolate, which I laughed at. Every teen, they're first on their own for the first night, and so they have chocolate for dinner. But there was really no point to that scene either. We just cut straight back to Tess and Vlad, and she's trying to talk him to going back to the house, getting a tetanus shot. Um, he's He's saying, I don't have to go hunt the pig. The pig will find me. <laughs> and I was like... I don't think that's how pigs work, mate. I don't think they come back for
1: revenge. (laughs) This pig is coming back for revenge. He's going to finish the job. That's what he's saying.
0: This pig is, like, having way too much intelligence attributed to it. (laughs) It's it's nuts. The dude is also stitching his own leg up. I was going to
1: say, he's stitching his own leg. That's really, like, yeah.
0: Mm. Um. And over with Becky and Brick, she, Becky pulls out a beer and he's very concerned about mixing alcohol and hunting, which, good man, Brick, you're the only person here with, like, a brain cell in this episode. <laughs>
1: um, or some awareness of what life is like with guns. Yeah.
0: And Becky really tries to talk him into it. She's like, don't be so uptight. If, if the police come, I'll throw myself in front of you. And... um and they have, and they have this whole conversation about trust. This is where that conversation actually happened. Um, we go back to Vlad and Tess. He's still trying to send Tess home. Tess finally goes. He really ticks her off, and um, and he thinks that. And she still hasn't found the dog. And Vlad says the dog will be out looking for the pig. So, so the dog enjoying...
1: also goes for revenge. Yes,
0: <laughs> all the animals are just nuts in this episode. Uh, weird Noises Wake Jodie Up, Scary Noises, uh, and she has pretty funny jammies, I like that she had, like, these real, like, they're not attractive pyjamas, they're, like, big flannel kind of little kid looking, but I was like, I watched this movie recently, and they were, I was listening to a podcast, and it. it's called Mr. Right, and these two girl housemaids are wearing, like, very non-glamorous pyjamas when they're sitting around the house talking to each other, and... The podcasters were like, "Yes, that's what women actually wear at home. None of these like cute, fancy pajamas that you always see on movies." And that's what I liked about this. Jodie was not glamorized; she was wearing ugly flannies. and it was great. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. She goes. She runs back over to her mum's place because she's scared of the noises. And Megan Terry are in their conga dance. <laughs> um,
1: so limbo Jody dance. they're yeah, no, limbo dance. Jodie
0: avoids them, but get straight into her own room um, but she really needs to go to the loo so she's got a real catch 22 there um, and she can hear everything and I, I I would just have stayed in Becky's place Jeez, Ugh.
1: I agree <laughs> and she tries she buries her head under the pillow to try to cut out the noise so <laughs> she's um, in a pickle So back over
0: with Claire and the boys. Claire is looking like she's asleep. The boys are talking about Blaze. Um, Aussie word alert. Nick mentions that Claire hasn't talked to him about her stud program for yonks. Is that an expression Americans use? Do you know what I haven't heard about that for yonks means?
1: I would think it would mean for a long time, but we don't say it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it.
1: That's Um, very cool.
0: And Nick makes a comment saying, Alex is like, oh, yeah, she wants to, you know, take Blaze and do this whole breeding program. And Nick says, oh, she'll want to think about it for a while to be sure. And it made me think, oh, does Claire have a a history of being hesitant to take action? It's not the Claire I've seen in the show so far, but maybe while her dad was alive, she was very slow to take on new things. I don't know. What did you think of that?
1: I feel like that's kind of consistent with her because – while she is quick to make decisions in the sense that she fired the crew that was stealing from her she's mm-hmm. been pretty blunt with with Tess on occasion she knows mean, how like to run wrist, does she? no she doesn't she knows how to run the ranch but when it comes to how is she going to get the ranch out of the red how is she going to mm-hmm. expand the business she doesn't know how to do that, and she is slow to change. And she there's this sense that she wants to keep whatever Jack was doing going, but she doesn't really mm-hmm. know what that is. And she hasn't really confronted the fact that Jack wasn't being successful as, like, That's as a Harry.
0: Claire is fierce in defending the status quo, but she doesn't take she doesn't try new things she, she doesn't really stretch herself right. very
1: much right and it made
0: me wonder like you've been talking about the possibility of Claire and Nick and how she was you know the deal was always that she would marry Nick like it was that like a little reference from Nick that you know maybe he did try to make a go of it once and she was hesitant and wanted to think about it for a while to be sure and it never happened like I don't know is this a little maybe
1: ridiculous? could maybe could maybe maybe maybe, maybe. I always had the feeling like maybe I'm wrong that Nick was off somewhere maybe because when we started the show, we saw Alex mm. and see Nick. So I always had yeah. this feeling that he maybe had gone away for a while, I just, but I could been be off to
0: uni or something. Yes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He seems like he seems less. He, th- he sees big picture. He seems to have some kind of business training Whereas he Alex is more, he just kind of does what he's told and does the manual labor. Nick really seems to have a lot more of the brains than Alex. I does. agree.
1: I agree. Um,
0: Alex sneaks in some comments about being a good breeder, which sounds like they're in reference to Claire, but it's about Blaze. Um, he's, I think, he's fishing f- with Nick for to see if there's any hint of something going on there.
1: Can you tell me, brother, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tess finds Roy, um, and which indicates, you know, maybe the pigs nearby. And over at Beck and Brick, he really sort of gets into her. This is the second half of their conversation where she tries to invite him into the tent. Um, he kind of gets really annoyed at her for putting herself down all the time. And she's like, well, it's what people think. And he challenges her with, what do you think? He says, you're strong, you're smart, you always know what to say. You should make people treat you better. You almost glow in the dark. You're so beautiful.
1: Oh, <laughs> I know. I love this kid. I am all... I am... I am team brick right now.
0: Yeah, that glow in the dark line, that was beautiful and he's a he's a very quiet sort of guy he doesn't say stuff like this very much but it just kind of popped out of him and yeah that was lovely and he's just like anyway that's what I think
1: <laughs> yeah I love and him the, for and that,
0: that stops it yeah she's she just kind of like oh she has no comeback for that Cause she just asked him why he's called brick and it turns out it's because he can't swim and apparently all his friends made fun of him for it because he sinks like a brick and his real name's Brett which is a much nicer name than brick um I, I love the say that' brick <laughs> yeah, I I can swim because my mum grew up at the beach and she very much emphasised swimming lessons with us kids. But when I moved back to the country in high school and our school went to swimming lessons, half the kids in the high school it was like it was a high school that had like ten kids in it, but um but half of them couldn't really swim. So there's country parents aren't always very proactive with kids actually swimming. So I just thought it was odd that everybody made fun of him for that. But anyway, um, that is mean. Yeah, very mean. Meanwhile, Jodie makes a run to go to the bathroom and, very unfortunately, runs smack bang into Terry, who is only wearing his very bright red tiny underwear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be frightening. That would totally be frightening.
0: It was frightening to well, just to watch little <laughs> have
1: been there. Very awkward. Uh,
0: so back to Claire and the boys over at their campfire, they hear a pig squeal, and so they grab their guns, jump up and run into the ute, but they have left the campfire burning, which having just been through the Australian bushfires, even without that, it's super Australia has bushfires all the time anyway, but ugh, after just being through the last six months, You just watch that and just cringe so much. No one would do that. It's so unrealistic. Like they would have chucked water on it or kicked out on it or something like that.
1: I agree one hundred percent. And of course we grew up here with Smokey the Bear. So as he's not as popular now, but I always grew up with it doesn't matter if it's dry season or not, you always put out your fire. Never (laughs) you know, only you can prevent forest fires, Smokey says. So that was (laughs) a little bit of a Yeah, it was a little odd that they ran out like that without even trying to deal with the fire. Mm -hmm, But we're we're back in the ute again with the spotlight and the random firing of rifles.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, before they get to that point, we cut back to Meg and Jodie, who are now sort of having an awkward little conversation um, now that Terry's gone and Jodie's like, he can still stay over. And Meg's just like, good night, Jodie. And so Jodie just goes to bed and we think, oh, that's, that's it for Meg's night of fun all gone. But then as soon as Judy leaves the room, Terry sneaks out from behind the door, still in the red undies with his maracas and
1: him and Meg grin and like run off. (laughs) So we know how that's going to go. (laughs)
0: Uh, There was the maracas were what really cracked me up.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's the theme of their night. So they were already kind of in the Mexico, Mexico theme. (laughs) <laughs> oh.
0: so yes back to some wild shooting the boys managed to actually shoot a sow it's not the boar that they're after though
1: well they find um, out there's a herd of them out there
0: yeah, there's tons of them because there's wild pigs everywhere this is the other thing i was saying what on earth makes them certain that this big old boar hannibal is the one who's been a, you know killed a sheep or whatever he's done hit hurt the dog there's wild pigs all over the place it is you can't pin it all on one boar um what are, they, what are they gonna hunt all the pigs out like you can call the numbers sure but the whole logic
1: there's just a lot of logic yeah, entertaining, entertaining one
0: still. Uh, tess and roy meanwhile are getting stalked by the pig it looks like and the camera kind of does some pig pov shots the camera's down shaking some bushes and roy starts to growl and then something then something rushes at her Death grabs the rifle, squeals, and fairly blindly shoots. Do you think do you think her eyes were open, Rachel? <laughs> I don't think so.
1: I don't think so <laughs> at all. And I'm surprised she didn't shoot Claire. But yeah, she just shoots randomly at nothing. You know, at the yep. shaking bush, she just fires.
0: Yep. And I wrote very dangerous could've been Vlad and then she looks up and she has killed the pig. I but then Lad actually pops out from behind her. It was actually who shot the pig. Tess hit a tree, <laughs> and she's just lucky that she hit the tree also because <laughs> all these people are just shooting off into nothing. No concern about what the backstop is for their bullets. Like those bullets are just going to keep going for a
1: long while. Uh, anyway,
0: and then he tells about he's that... his...
1: Yeah, I love that Claire. Ac- I mean, Tess actually thinks that she shot the boar. Yeah,
0: at first she's really excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and then he's like, "Oh, I don't get my leg fixed up. I have to stay here and like dress the pig because he's gonna chop it into pieces and eat it. Now, I'm sure it's possible to eat wild pigs, but nobody does because I'm pretty sure they're full of diseases and like worms and crap. And you're much better to get a pig that you're meant to eat. Like, no, no, n- it's not an Australian thing that people go out pig hunting and actually eat the pig. They're feral pigs. That's the point. So." That whole thing I think, I also
1: was weird. I think we would eat them here. I think really? people hunt wild I think people hunt wild boar and I eat them.
0: Think. My brother's I could never be wrong. I could one, be wrong. I feel like if it, if it was a done thing, I feel like Jake would have done it.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's go with what Jake does. <laughs> He's eating a lot Jake of
0: weird does. crap. So. <laughs> uh, um And so Vlad now weirdly kinda has respect for Tess, which is also strange because she hasn't done anything like he just kind of liked he disliked her for no reason and then he likes her for no reason that whole thing I didn't like he does use the expression mad as a cut snake (laughs) a lot of the things people say Australians don't actually use all the time that one my dad actually says a lot so I did like to see that expression
1: yeah that was cool I liked it of course (laughs) I love that he tells her she shot a tree so
0: (laughs) yeah that was funny and um and then Claire like the next morning everybody sort of reports back to to Claire and she doesn't seem to believe Tess at first Tess is very eager to prove to her that the pig's there and Claire is like no I do believe you but she she wants to see it or something and so yeah there's like no pig and Tess starts to freak out she's like what if Vlad is like a pig hunter from a hundred years ago and every year he comes out and hunts his ghost pig (laughs)
1: i love that that's a good storyline that's a good storyline
0: for a second with mcleod's like the way they've kind of shifted tone so wildly a few times i was like don't tell me that's what he actually was because tess was the only one who ever saw him no one else ever saw him and i was like oh my gosh is was this seriously a ghost pig but then claire's like there's no such thing as a ghost pig and then they find blood and he's just like cleaned the pig up and then left with it and, uh, yeah. and it, the show ends with, Tess is now okay with death, and Claire is going to teach her to shoot. Finally, thank goodness, though, I wouldn't trust Claire as a teacher because she has demonstrated some very bad habits this episode.
1: Very much so. <laughs> you need so, all of them to go to shooting range and learn how to shoot.
0: Yes, very much. But apart from the shooting stuff, what was your overall feeling? Did, did you
1: like this episode, Rachel? I did. I enjoyed this episode, and I thought, despite the wild way they were shooting and using guns, um, I liked it. I I felt it was kind of realistic of what you would face running a farm. You're going to face wild bull, wild boars, or wolves, <laughs> or whatever.
0: So I, well, I really wolves in it. Australia, but yeah,
1: <laughs> but in America we might. In get America, wolves.
0: you would yes. Australia doesn't have wolves
1: and foxes that get in and steal the chickens. Um, I did like that they finally brought Terry and Meg's relationship to the forefront and they informed mm-hmm. Jody, even though Jody is still a teenager, she's 17. She needs to mm. know that her mom has a relationship. And I yeah. think Meg, Meg says it's uncomplicated. So I think she was hiding it to, to try to keep it uncomplicated. And mm-hmm. the same thing though, with Jack, she had an affair with Jack And she didn't know that Claire knew. So this is an Mm. interesting part of Meg's personality is that she has this privacy side. She likes to keep her love life private. And in a way, she's motherly because she's trying to shield the girls. Yes, Um, and she has a very
0: non-conventional, especially for the time and, and her being like a woman in a very conservative area of Australia, she has an unconventional love life.
1: She does have an unconventional love life. <laughs> and In a way, if you, if you look at Terry long enough, he's kind of—he's kind of cute. I can, I, you know—I could see how <laughs> he's, he's funny. <laughs> he grows on her, and yeah. then I—I really, really loved the Brick and Becky storyline. So yes,
0: oh, that glow-in-the-dark line, oh, that was great. That and, was and I'm great. enjoying this—this this whole confusion we're feeling with Nick. Claire and Alex I'm just really I am not
1: know if can see what's going
0: to happen there so that's really fun
1: yeah we'll have to start a trend like we like everybody did here with Gilmore Girls where you team Dean or team yes. Logan or team Jess so yes. I'm just going to go I'm team Nick right now for Claire team and Nick Claire. that's
0: the thing because you can <laughs> there's two sisters so you've got so many options we, you have we need,
1: options like, right and,
0: Nick and Claire or team Tess and Claire or...
1: Yeah, you know, like, that's what we'll do, yes. Which should we combine
0: their names? That's going to be hard. We'll, team Oh, tick. we'll have to
1: figure that
0: out. <laughs> team Alice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we could do team Click. Nest. Click. Click. And click, yes, for tess- Claire and tess- Nick. Tess- yeah, Tessic.
0: Tessick. Tessic. It does not work well. <laughs> Team oh, Nick and, Nick and we're sorry, Claire. listeners. We're,
1: we're, we're hurting your ears with this. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, um, well, the, if you would like to give us your opinion on what the couple names should be, let's throw it out to the people, Rachel. Tell us your suggestions for the official couple names. You can do so on our social media at McLeod's Pod on either Facebook or Instagram, or you can check out uh, our personal social media sites. Rachel, where's yours?
1: Uh, rachelhawk.com and there you'll find me all the links to my social media but Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all Rachel Hawk.
0: And I am at Jessica Kate Writing on Facebook and Instagram and JessicaKateWriting.com and there you can find information about my books including Love and Other Mistakes and A Girl's Guide to the Outback which has a lot in common with McLeod's Daughters if you like that kind of story so check that out if you're interested.
1: Yes, it's very good you guys, check it out. Oh,
0: thank you. Rachel, you have some books coming up soon. Well, you've just released one. You've got another one coming up soon. Tell me a bit about that.
1: I do. I do. Well, I love Weddings and Royals, but the Fifth Avenue Story Society, which came out in early 2020, if you're listening to this, post early 2020, is about five people who find themselves mysteriously invited to a small library on Fifth Avenue in New York City. And it's about how this random meeting throws them into a situation where they have to deal with their lives and their relationships. And it's really about community and about how if we allow ourselves to open up to other people, we can find healing and happiness. And, and in my case, you're going to find love. So And then I have another royal series started. Um, I had the royal wedding series already out in pr- past years. Once Upon a Prince was made into a Hallmark movie, but now we're going to go with um, the House of Blue. So it's going to be the Royal House of Blue, and i have created a new country. The poor North Sea has nothing in it, but now I have stuffed three little countries in it. So, <laughs> so it's getting kind of crowded the there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a character named Prince Gus, which is a weird name for a prince, but his name is Augustus. In, which I thought was a great kind of nice princely name. And then when mm-hmm. I nicknamed him Gus, it reminded me of the fat rat in Cinderella, the animated version. <laughs> so I thought I'll play with that. And so he gets called Gus Gus growing up because he's a little portly prince. And so uh, anyway, he appears in the Fifth Avenue Story Society as the rejected prince by the, ma- one of the characters, Coral. Um, she actually left him at the altar and so, I find that uh, so
0: interesting what well, it's like just a picturing like the Harry and Meghan wedding. Imagine yes. leaving a prince at the altar. I'm just so interested to find out what's behind that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, it's um, in front of millions of people and I don't even know, I'm almost done with the story. I'm about to send it off in my first round to an editor, but I, I don't even know if I've tapped into the fact that he was humiliated in front of millions of people. Then he jumps back into another relationship. So at the end of Fifth Avenue Story Society, he's actually engaged to, um, it's called the Locked in Land, that's the country. He's actually engaged to um, an aristocratic woman, Lady Robbie, there. And then when the story opens, he's on by himself with a man bun and a long beard on Melbourne Beach working at a tiki bar. Well, what happened to Lady Robbie? And so we're about to find out what's going on with his life, but it's really all about why Coral left him at the altar. And so, yeah, it's really exciting to kind of get to that. Um, But I'm sewing all the threads together. As you know, (laughs) Jessica, not easy. (laughs) No, not easy
0: at all. Oh man, I've spent this week first drafting and I forgot how hard it is. (laughs) It's been two years since I wrote a girl's guide. So like, oh man, I've been editing ever since then. I'm like, Oh, wow. Like creating something from scratch. I had so many random things I was trying to tie together and then I realized that I needed to focus on one theme and so that's the aim yep. of the game at the moment.
1: <laughs> Very much so. I had the same thing I had two with this book. It's called To Love a Prince. I had I have a dress in the story and I have a chair in the story. So the chair kind of impacts both of them but, a, but mainly Gus and the dress impacts her but I'm trying to figure out how am I presenting these to the reader so that they're significant when we find them. And do I need to get rid of one of them? But I mm-hmm. but I don't want to get rid of one of them <laughs> because they Can both kind it? of play. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I was sitting outside today and it just came to me. Like I knew how to kind of set up the story. Like and it just download from heaven. I'm nice. not kidding. And I, bur- awesome. I burst into tears. I literally burst into <laughs> tears because I I saw like this opening prologue with related to the dress and the two characters t- talk like two sentences and it was so profound. It I just start started crying and I'm like, oh now I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Now I can't and wait plus, to find out. <laughs> it is awesome. But to everyone out there who's struggling and whatever, it'll come to you. So.
0: That's it. Never underestimate the value of a good walk or drive or something. This week, spending a whole week first drafting, I would like change locations halfway through the day, so I jump in the car and like drive to a different spot and then work there. But I need to stop doing that because it's a very distracted drive. I need to walk to the other location. But anyway, safety. Tips well,
1: for- I, I used to do that too. I would say I'm going to get out of the house, and now I have this great office. My house before this house with the great office, you know, I was just in an extra bedroom. And I would go, well, I'll go, I'll write at McDonald's or I'll go to the library or I'll try Starbucks, but it's way too cold to work at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, why am I wasting time driving? Unless I'm driving to, you know, relax and get the creative juices going, why don't I just stay at home and go for a walk around the block or something or walk the dog or whatever? So uh, I, I hardly ever leave my house now, so...
0: <laughs> I'm the opposite. I can only function when there's other people around. <laughs> Which is I why I spent that. this week at the co-working center. It was so fun.
1: I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. I do. That's why we like. I stop every other sentence and look on Facebook. It's. Kind of like, yes. Who's at, the, who's at the water cooler? Does anybody want <laughs> yep. me to say how brilliant I am today? Oh, not yet. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, extroverted writer problems. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks
1: for joining (laughs) us, everyone. Have a good day
0: (laughs) or night. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook, and that's Abbott with two Bs and two Ts. See you all next time.